Welcome to High Potential with Indeed. A welcoming workplace is built from the ground up with attention to diversity, inclusion, accessibility and openness. But the way many leaders and companies approach this is full of grey areas, uncertainty and quite often fear. Higher Potential with Indeed is here to demystify the process through the most powerful channel possible, conversations, groundbreaking ones too. I'm your host, Jay Munro, Senior Country Marketing Manager of Australia at Indeed. And in this podcast series, we'll tackle the issues we face in the modern workplace, from diversity and inclusion, to remote working, accessibility, fair hiring practices, and more. This podcast is an initiative of Indeed.com, the world's number one job site with over 250 million unique visitors every month from over 60 different countries. (laughs) Welcome to the first episode of High Potential with Indeed. Before we dive in, I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we're meeting. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present, and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be here today. In this episode, we'll be discussing what your employees really think about your diversity, inclusion and belonging initiatives. New extensive research by Indeed has revealed a substantial disconnect between Australian workers' perception of how minority groups are treated in the workplace and the lived experience of these groups. Indeed's Workplace Diversity and Inclusion Survey also showed that while the majority of working Australians recognise the importance of promoting diversity and inclusion in the workplace, only 60% say that they actually work somewhere that employs a diverse workforce. In fact, almost one in 10 said that since COVID-19, their workplaces have become worse at promoting diversity and inclusion. Additionally, we found that more than half of the working population at 62% admit that they feel they need to conceal parts of who they are, so their identity or true selves while at work. Here to discuss this with us today is Marcel Harrison, Head of Diversity and Inclusion at Kmart Group, who leads inclusive workplace practice across Kmart, Target and Catch. Marcel has experience across all areas of diversity and inclusion, accessibility, health and wellbeing and ergonomics. She's also a registered occupational therapist. Welcome, Marcel. Thanks so much, Jay. Thanks for having me. I'd also just like to start off by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land. Firstly, from Palawa country that I grew up on and also Yagara and Tubal country, which I'm on today, and extend my respects to elders past, present and emerging and the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to us today. Thanks, Marcel. And could we start off today by learning a little bit about your role as Head of Diversity and Inclusion at the Kmart Group? Absolutely. So you had already done such a great introduction, so thank you for that. I work across Kmart, Target and Catch, which encompasses our store networks and also our corporate offices. Our diversity and inclusion strategy sits part of our people and capability strategy and I actually sit within the people and capability function of the business but it also extends to our better together strategy which is our overarching sustainability strategy for the business as well which really looks at planet and people and in the people space it's largely around reflecting the communities in which we operate so I work very closely hand in hand with our head of community and then also the head of diversity and inclusion as well which is myself. 
Okay. And we all know that community in the workplace is so important. It contributes to that sense of belonging. There is a widely held perception, though, that minority groups are being treated equally in the workplace, but it doesn't necessarily reflect their true experience. What are your thoughts on that? In my perspective, I think Australia and globally, there's a long way to go. There's definitely some opportunity. And I wouldn't say that just exists in the workplace. I would say that exists far beyond just the workplace as well. I, I think if you spoke to most employers, most employers would feel that they offer equality within opportunity. But I actually think it's a, a different question. I think it's a question about equity and not just equality and whether equality and equity exist together. And what I mean by that is in terms of equity, it is around looking at people's backgrounds, experiences and what their needs are for success. And I think in terms of the programs of work that we're doing in the diversity and inclusion space, I think there's an opportunity to focus more around removing barriers entirely. So um, I can give you an example if that's if that's yeah, easier. That'd be great. <laughs> great, sure. Um, so from from my perspective, I can see that there's a lot of advances in technology at the moment, and a lot of our our processes and our systems are moving to online platforms. And if I, I give an example of equality and equity, those those platforms are essentially available to everyone. But if the digital accessibility isn't there, so for example the the platform doesn't work with assistive technology, for example, that's where inequity comes into play. And I would also say that extends to flexibility as well. So having universal flexibility means that someone with specific cultural needs or it might be that we know people with disability, one of the three workplace adjustments that are requested is flexibility. And having universal flexibility means that people can access that, again, creating that equity and equality too. I think, you know, that whole concept of equality and equity is is really, you know, difficult for a lot of people to understand. And that's represented in the research that we did at Indeed, that people think diversity and inclusion just means treating everyone equally. So Perhaps it's, you know, we have a job to do internally at organisations to educate all of our employees on what equity actually means and why it's important. Do you have any tips on how to do that? It's a hard task to introduce new terms and get people to understand. Absolutely. And I think it's it's an ongoing conversation and I think there's an opportunity to bring it up in those indirect conversations that you're having all the time. Like I said before, I think there's a wider perception that most people are afforded equality in their opportunity. We, we do treat everybody the same. And I think it's actually starting that conversation when someone says that is actually explaining what equity means there. And I think it has that flow on effect by starting those indirect conversations. I also think the the example that I gave before in terms of the way systems and processes work is we're focusing on removing the barriers so it's an actual equitable system. It, it's, it starts that process already for us as well. Great. And I want to just highlight again some of our research where we found that around six in 10 Australians or 62% feel like they need to hide part of who they are or their identity when they go into work. 
to begin with, before we delve a little bit into Kmart Group, what's your, I guess, impression of that? I would absolutely believe that. I think it's probably even higher in that percentage that I think a lot of people, even if it's not for their whole lives, I, I think there is a time at some point in everyone's life or or a lot of people's lives where where that may come into play and they feel that they have to hide part of their identity, whether it's long-term or intermittently as well. Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, from what we found is that a lot of people don't feel safe to, I guess, tell their peers or colleagues about their identity and their background. I'm curious because of, you know, the Kmart group, you'd have a lot of employees in the public eye. How does that interplay with, you know, bringing your true self to work? A lot of what we do in the diversity and inclusion space at Kmart Group is creating cultural safety and safety in our stores, in our environment. And we do that through visibility and education. So I think most people have probably walked into a Kmart at some point in their lives. And you would see in a lot of our stores, we have our Ignite the Wonder artwork by Rachel Sarah at the front of many of our stores, particularly in High Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander representation in communities. And again, it creates that visible safety and cultural safety when someone walks into our store, but also for our team members as well to, to feel openness about that. And I would say that's just one example of many, but creating, creating that openness, the visibility, that safety, it, it can really assist in terms of people feeling more open to bring their authentic selves to work as well. Mm. And I mean, it must be difficult. Is it your responsibility or do you see it as your responsibility to also educate uh, the public when they're coming into your stores? Yes, I love I love this question because it's something we're really passionate about. And I think as a, a really large business, we have a a social responsibility, but also this footprint to really influence as well. Um, and I, I gave the example of our artwork previously, but in our Queensland stores, for example, when you walk into our store on a decal in the local language of the mob in that area, we have hello and goodbye. And what happens, I, I notice it even with my own daughter, is that she's now using that language at school and we're, we're sharing that indirect knowledge and it's, it's becoming more spread in community. And when you think thousands of people are walking through those front doors, it, it has a much larger flow-on effect. So I couldn't agree more. I think there's a really big opportunity for big businesses to be able to have that indirect influence in, in community and in society as well. And, I mean, it's not just for organizations with public facing roles it's you know there's so many interactions with customer bases so I guess it it does translate across different industries and types of organizations. Majority of working Australians feel that it's important organizations are promoting diversity and inclusion so it's becoming quite an important aspect of I guess determining which companies you'd like to work for how would you recommend that organisations go about that, promoting their DNI policies to those job seekers? Yeah, so uh, look, I think this is probably, a, again, a, a much broader question in terms of just policy, but it's around understanding the inclusiveness of the culture that, that's fostered within a workplace as well. And I think that's really important. You spoke about it earlier, Jay, around feeling a sense of belonging. And I 
I know at, I'll talk specifically about Kmart. I've got a, a quite a big portfolio um, in terms of where I work, but I'll, I'll speak about Kmart here. We're very, very passionate about organically growing awareness and we do employ quite a number of people. So when our team members come into our store and they're reflecting the communities in which we operate, they're sharing that with their family, their friends, and it's organically growing. So we're very passionate about that organic growth of awareness. I think though we spoke about, again, creating visibility and creating safety for people and we are in a position in retail that we have quite a public disposition in the sense that we do have people coming through our, our, our business all the time. And I, I think seeing that our business is reflecting the community in which we operate has that impact. I also think in terms of promoting and creating awareness around policy and, and what initiatives are being offered, I think there's an opportunity to leverage a lot of the um, communication platforms and um, tools that we use every day in terms of talent and talent attraction. So whether it might be websites, whether it's job advertisements, although it might seem small, even creating the visibility around an inclusion statement amongst job advertisements is really important. Um, Like I said, on the website, even utilising social media to share stories. I think sharing stories is one of the most powerful ways of getting information out there, creating awareness, but also feeling like workplaces can be open and we're having these open conversations about inclusion as well. Yeah, I completely agree. Stories are so powerful. Um, And over the last few years, I've certainly been seeing more companies include stories and really outline how committed they are to diversity and inclusion by giving examples uh, across, you know, the company profiles and pages on on our site. Um, I think you, you mentioned culture fit there, and I think culture fit is a really interesting and important concept. We've been talking about it for years and years now of finding those people who fit in. Um, do you think that's potentially dangerous in terms of diversity and inclusion and perhaps exclusionary uh, to different populations. I think what I had said was fostered an inclusive culture, which is where everyone um, feels comfortable to bring themselves to work. Because I I agree, I I do think when you talk about culture fit specifically, it, it, it can nearly be exclusive language rather than inclusive language and creating a sense of belonging for people that are coming into the workplace. So, yeah, I I fully agree there, Jay. Yeah. It's unfortunate that it's still being talked about, but, you know, we'll see if that changes in the near future. Now, this year has been, and last year has been pretty tough. Um, Lots of changes, you know, the, the whole world of work has changed. What are your thoughts on the impact that COVID-19 has had um, on diversity and inclusion in the workplace? Yeah, it's one that's, that's impacted everyone globally. It's, it's something none of us had ever even thought that we would experience COVID-19. And I know that's brought a lot of challenges and, and, and complexities to a lot of people's lives. I I do think, though, that there has been, and I don't like using the word silver lining, but I do think there has been a a little bit of silver lining in the the impacts of COVID-19 for diversity and inclusion because it it really has brought flexibility to the front. A lot of workplaces have had to become 
more agile and, and more flexible to accommodate the, the fluctuating restrictions and, and the needs that COVID-19 has brought. So I, I know at KMUC Group Flexibility was an evolving conversation and, and something we were already going out with was our flexibility initiative and, and what we were looking at in terms of our flexible working program. And what we saw with COVID-19 is that businesses just had to, to make change and make change quite quickly. So in terms of flexibility and the acceptance of flexibility, Australia-wide and globally, I think COVID-19 has really assisted in pushing that along and it becoming quite an expectation for people to have the choice around how they flex and how they work and employers needing to be accepting of that as well. It's really brought to the surface and I'll bring back the word equity again but the inequities that exist in society, we saw Black Lives Matter really emerge and, and we had protests happening. We had people really vocal and I think this was really important over the past year and has really, really assisted to emerge a lot of voices that weren't being heard before. So I think, again, it has been a catalyst for a lot of movement in the diversity and inclusion space, which I'm actually extremely grateful for because it, it has really helped leverage uh, the practices that we're focusing on in inclusion too. Mm. And the, it's really positive to hear that. We actually found that there's quite significant numbers of people in different disadvantaged groups or social groups who say companies have gotten worse at promoting diversity and inclusion through COVID. But what was really interesting to us is that those who have a disability actually reported the opposite, that, you know, it's increased for them. And I guess that does relate to what you were saying about flexibility. If we think about, you know, all the barriers of just getting to an office and being in an office environment for those with different disabilities, there can be quite a few challenges, uh, which are not necessarily having to, to deal with right now. You touched on the Black Lives Matter movement and there have been so many other significant things that have gone on uh, during this time as well. How are you trying to support staff with that? Is there an education piece as well for those, you know, directly involved but also those who are adjacent to it? Has there been, I guess, a need from employees to get that support? Yeah, I think so. I know we have a, a broader cultural confidence uh, training program at the KMUC group. So it's, it's something that we were really focused on previous to the last 18 months, so to speak. But there's, there's a natural curiosity amongst people, not only from those who may feel directly impacted by this, but also from people around them, people they're working with, their colleagues, their families, their friends. So we, we did actually bring in targeted education to really start to explore and dive deeper into some of the, the reasons behind why these movements were emerging and to understand a little bit more about this. So it's definitely something that we've been really conscious of and incorporating as part of our current and existing training programs to educate our staff as well. And in, in terms of education and training, um, there would be, you know, different, I guess, employees with different needs. And what I mean by that is managers sometimes need a bit of help in how to manage or lead their, their teams and vice versa. Some people are reporting to managers or leaders who are from a different diverse background. 
should training that's customized to different roles be something we consider and is it important do you think yeah i think so i think being a leader you are often the first person that someone will speak to particularly if you have that relationship there so leaders again i will say it's evolving and it's growing and leaders and not just specific to Kmart group, I think this is again a global and an Australian concept is they are looking for the tools and the resources to develop themselves to support their teams as well. So I do think that there's an opportunity to really build the capability of leaders to feel comfortable having these conversations and being an enabler. And I want to jump back just a little bit as well to the findings that we had that people feel they can't be their true selves at work. And I think, you know, there is a some responsibility on their leaders in the in the workplace. But how do you think we can address that issue? I mean, we can't put all the responsibility on their managers, but what we what can we do from an organizational perspective to maybe make them feel safer? or help them to feel that they can trust their colleagues and their employer to be themselves? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think it's one that we're all diversity and inclusion practitioners. I think it's one that we're all striving to to really understand and explore and, and dive deeper on this. And even in my own experience, Jay, as a single mother in my mid-20s, it was something I was really fearful about disclosing to my colleagues and and to my employers because I felt that there may be assumptions made about my ability to progress my career with everything going on. I remember I think I used to even pretend a little bit that I had family around to support me um, at work so it looked like I wasn't prioritising my family over work but then outside of work I also had the the added pressure of telling the school parents that um, I, I had more support so it didn't appear that I was prioritising work over my child. And I, I think this, this it impacts people in so many ways. So the identity that you identify closely with can be so different for so many people. And it, it really brings me back to my point that I, I spoke about earlier is that we need to be looking at ways that actually break down the barriers for everyone because it can look different for so many people. We do that by removing some of the inequities that exist within our processes and our systems. So, yes, there is absolutely opportunity to develop leadership capability. I, I fully agree. I think there, there needs to be more education around that. I think this extends outside of the workplace. I think this extends out into the community, into society, into general practices that we have um, existing all around. And I think the second part of that is is looking at ways that we can remove some of the the ways that we don't even think may impact people, but but it is. And I, I gave I won't keep going on about this, but I gave the example of digital accessibility, and it's. Although we have platforms available to everyone, so effectively everyone's being afforded the same access, but if it's not uh, aligned or it doesn't work for some people, then that's where it arises. So I think there's a two-prong answer to that. Mm. Marcel, you touched on briefly uh, your own experience there about being a a working mum, and we all know that that's been perhaps a stigma that's existed in the past and hopefully is changing now. With COVID-19, we used to see a clear distinction between work life and 
life life, you know, our personal life, labeling it as work-life balance. Working from home for a lot of people due to COVID-19 has meant there's a blurring of lines because we're no longer having that hard stop of work uh, before we go home. Instead, we're, I guess, pivoting in between work and life throughout the day. So we've become accustomed to that. And do you think that with returning to workplaces, that's going to be a challenge that maybe we need to think about and address from a diversity and inclusion perspective? In terms of flexibility sitting part of diversity and inclusion, I actually think it sits part of multiple functions. There, There's so many aspects to flexibility. I already feel that people are looking and they're expecting flexibility coming out of COVID-19. So it is something employers need to focus on. It's something that's going to be really important for people. And having the choice of flex is also going to be really important for people too. So choice is nearly just as important. I know, Jay, you mentioned working from home and I think this needs to extend far beyond just working from home. It, it Flexibility for a lot of people is not just working from home. There's so many aspects to flex and how people flex for them and how it's important to them. So I think that also needs to come into the conversation and what other employers are exploring. And at Kmart Group, um, particularly in our corporate offices, one of which our corporate offices are actually all located in Melbourne who were in one of the strictest lockdowns globally. And it, it has 100% been a consideration. And we have our flex where, flex when, flex well ethos in our business. And it, it has evolved through COVID. It, it has absolutely evolved and had to grow with what COVID has essentially done um, in society and, and how we've needed to look at flexibility as well. At, at Kmart Group, I, I actually work in Brisbane. So in terms of the flexibility that's afforded to me, it, it is something that our business is really focused on is how flexibility can work for people and how it can work for the business and, and how that can assist you to succeed in a role. And with my, my personal story, it is much more complex uh, and I won't go into the detail, but there is they can see that flexibility is the enabler to be able to to assist in performing. It's certainly a complex area, particularly with, you know, coming back out of COVID and this changing world of work. I do want to finish with our final question, which is how we finish every episode of High Potential with Indeed. What do you think it will ultimately take to ensure a better and more inclusive workplace in the future? I think we can't underestimate the power and the ability that businesses have to influence inclusion. So, again, at Kmart Group, we have been really committed to reflecting the communities in which we operate. So that is essentially our ethos. So under our Better Together strategy, where I see there there being a lot of importance on this is... um, that we're, we're increasing the visibility, the safety, we're sharing stories as a business, we're having a voice in um, the subject of inclusion. So it has a lot of power and I think employers can't underestimate the power that they have in expressing their voice as well. 
I think this is a really, really big one. I know Kmart had set out to achieve um, parity with the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community by December 2020. We exceeded parity and are continuing to um, exceed parity this year in terms of Aboriginal and Torres Strait people being employed with the Kmart group. And a few big factors of that is increasing visibility in our stores and increasing um, safety too. And I think the other part is we need to listen to our people. People with lived experiences are the experts. I, I have a background in occupational therapy, in working with people with disability. And what I can tell you is the, the people that I've worked with, the clients that I've worked with, they're experts in problem solving. And listening to the voice of people with lived experience is essentially how we will start to really build and build effective strategies in the space of inclusion as well. And without going on on too long, Jay, but in Kmart, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, people in in initiatives and and practice that creates cultural safety for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And it needs to be reflected much further beyond the workplace. And I keep coming back to this same message. Workplaces are only one part of the, the bigger picture. It's also looking into to society, into community, into the general systems and practices that operate in Australia today as well. That's um, really insightful. And it does definitely sound like the Kmart group is making great strides in diversity and inclusion. I wanted to thank you, Marcel, for joining us today. It's been a really great conversation and uh, I appreciate it very much. Thanks, Jay. I really appreciate it too. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to High Potential with Indeed. Before you go and start building a better workplace, don't forget to hit subscribe and leave a review if you've found this podcast helpful. If you'd like to read our full DNI report, click the link in this episode's description and fill out the form. Just a quick note the information provided on this podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, All content we discuss is for general informational purposes only, and you should consult with a legal professional for any legal issues you may be experiencing.